What's going on, everyone? Alex Jeteris here with another Knicks episode for the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. We just witnessed the Knicks go 3-1 and one this past week, starting with an ass-beating or ass-whooping of the Boston Celtics. Then they continued that to the Orlando Magic and then shocked us, shocked us with defeating the Golden State Warriors. Sadly, they lost to the Kings. And tonight, we're not going to record at 1 in the morning because, let's be real, all of us got day jobs, so we can't do that. But... Hopefully, they take down the Trailblazers tonight, too. Even though we get to see Mel tonight, still want that Knicks dub. And with us to join us, to join us today is our producer, Ricey K's in the building. Yes, sir. But, but, but before we get into all the Knicks stuff, John, what is for the et cetera portion? What's up, Alex? For the et cetera portion, as always, we're going to go through the Tuesday night slate. Uh, besides the Knicks Jazz, we also have the Clippers Hawks. And the Wizards Rockets, a little bit of John Wall revenge game. So we got we got we got a nice uh, Tuesday lineup. Uh, so we'll definitely uh, get uh, all of our thoughts on that game, on those games. Hold on, all right, hold sounds on. good. Hold <laughs> on, wait a minute, wait a minute. We just gonna have to shake things up today. Your boys in the building, right? CK the Raisin Man. Usually they tell me to do the work, but I'm here on the floor in the court. So you already know what I'm doing. Hey, I'm taking it away. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go, Ricey. You know. Let's go. <laughs> Ricey K, Raisin Man. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. Another Knicks episode. And with me is always my buddy, my co-host, my pal, the man with the plan, the dude who's trying to go get Alfred Payton, ship him back on the plane. He already took away his Twitter verification. It's John Malika. <laughs> What's going on, John? <laughs> what up, Alex? What a damn week for the New York Knicks. And speaking of my boy, Alfred Payton, who I was ask, I was trying to ask you and uh, Rice earlier this week, who's getting in the All-Star game for Alfred Payton, guys? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> Alfred Payton. Yo, how many people would have to go down for Alfred Payton to make an All Star game? How many? Much, <laughs> how many? It'll, it'll, it'll make the NFL Pro Bowl uh, like cancellations look like amateur. Like like fifteen point guards to be like, nah, we can't make it. NBA.com. I'm clicking the. I'm clicking it. Alfred. 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 I'm re. I'm refreshing everything. Yo, can we please just fan do vote, this? baby? Fan vote. Oh yeah, the fan vote. Let's just please get this in. Please, let's just start. Let's just. I think that'd just be comical just to get him in there. But everyone, have you heard that other voice? I gave him the introduction at the beginning of this podcast. We got our producer with us, Ricey K's in the building. What's going on, bro? No, nor- normally, typically, I'm not really dramatic, you know, with the fanfare when I come in. But I just heard the streets needed me, and I saw the bat signal from a mile away. So here I am in the flesh, the Zoom flesh. That is me, Ricey <laughs> K, the Razor Man, also known as the editor of this pod. And I'm humbled and grateful to be here. And put up 30 Man. and 10 rebounds. I'm going double-doubles over here today. Let's oh, go. it's our Julius Randle. It's our Julius yeah. Randle today, John. Rice is our Julius Randle. Who's going to be the R.J. Barrett? Yo. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That, 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 that's, that's a that's – a, earlier this year, maybe 16 games ago, that would be a – like an insult. Now, yeah. it's, if you call you call Ricey Julius Randle, it's the ultimate compliment. Yo, man. Randall's been Randall. holding it down. 
Julius Randle minus the spin moves, unnecessary spin moves. I'm here efficient. <laughs> Tibbs told me to play. I'm here to play. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> you answer the call. That's that's all you got to do. <laughs> oh my god, this is going to be a good one. I can't, I can't wait for this. I can't <laughs> wait till we dive deep into this. Great Woo! to be here, so, man. It's it's always it's always great having you on, Ricey. This is this is always a good time. Always a good freaking time. Ah, so guys, we just witnessed a lot of basketball this past week. A lot of Knicks basketball. Previous week was just miserable. They went on a five game losing streak, but then they turned it around. Went three and one this past week. And, and like I said in the intro, took down the Celtics, beat their ass. They went. They saw Orlando. It was an ugly game, but they're like, no, 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 no. We got this, Chief. Sit your ass down. They see the Warriors are like, you doubting us? You doubting us? We got this. We got this. Then came the Sacramento Kings. They're like, we we are who you thought we were. <laughs> <laughs> Inconsistent. <laughs> to be fair, it was at the end of a back-to-back, but you know what? It was it was a really good week. Three and one. They bounced back after a five five-game losing streak. If this is the Knicks of old, if that started happening happening you know it was just all over they just be in the tank wrap it up season's over maybe they'll win another game in the next month or so let's let's just call the tank let's just find the tank commander it would probably have been alfred payton at this point who have been dubbed that thankfully they're winning so he's not gonna get that moniker yet but it was just great to see man I, I, what do you guys what do you guys feel about it rice i'll start off with you man what would man, you think? three and one stretch out of four games i mean just think about that. The Knicks went three and one in a stretch of four games on the road. On the road. On the on road. The road bro. Bro. <laughs> this is it's a dream. I mean, I was checking in, watching the Celtics game. It just put so much joy in my heart seeing the Celtics getting whooped. I mean, and they played efficient too. They were getting solid defense. Um, they were getting their buckets too efficiently. I can't even complain. The Magic game, they toughed it out. So they have character. Um, you know, it's early in the season, but Tibbs, he's showing his coaching skills in full display, especially with the Magic game. The way they adjusted in the second half, got it together and pulled a close victory. And that's, so that's, un, that's very unnixed like. Typically that third quarter is a wrap. And then by the fourth, they call it a day, but they, they kept fighting and they pulled through. So the Magic game is probably my favorite to watch. It's, it's, I was, you know, on the edge of my seat, but that's my favorite to watch. Very surprised by the Golden State Warriors victory, but I'm very pleasantly surprised that they gave Steph Curry a hard time. And that defense is for real. No, it's not no joke, not a flute. This is a real defense, and I'm really excited about that. Yo, Ricey, I could not agree more, man. Them, the Orlando game was actually the most impressive Knicks game. Like, the fact that we held down Vooch, like, you know what I mean? Like, he is he is notoriously a Knicks killer. Uh, even Evan Fournier, like, he's like a notorious Knicks murderer. Like, Magic, like, we usually, it's not even usually a close game. Um, I totally agree with you. We, that was like the beginning of our, like, of course, to, to be the number one defense, haha, <laughs> you know. A little, little brush my shoulders off there. In order to be the number one defense, it's not just one game. So we've been playing pretty well. But that Magic game, like, we, we did kind of put the clamps down. But I'm really not so impressed with this Golden State when, like, everybody's making it out to see. You know, that team stinks, yo. I, I know I 
know, I know the the Draymond Green uh, technical foul uh, ejection was insane. It was almost egregious call because he was literally yelling at his teammate Wiseman. And once he left that game, the Golden State Warriors were pretty much like the my local rec team. Like that, like that, that like Ubre is like you know, like once we just guard Steph Curry, the next guy's just Ubre, and he's just like chucking shots. Like I don't know, I was not impressed with that team at all. Uh, once Draymond left, that's a fair. We should have won that game. We should have won that game. I would have been pissed off, honestly, if we lost that game. Like it would have been a complete disappointment. That's a fact. No, that's a fact. That's 100% a fact. And shout out to my boy Sam from the Fast Break Way Up. He always says Ubre is just there for the vibes. He really is just there for the vibes, bro. He's got the hair going. He's just chilling. Yo, if he puts up a couple shots, yo, he's he's having a good day, man. Yo, he's having a good day. Maybe he gets a block or a steal here and there. Yo, it's all good. He's going to hit up the beach. Going to chill, man. Going to get the he's ladies. Gonna, Whatever. He's, he's out in San Fran, yo. What, 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 what the hell has he got to care about? Yo, he went from Phoenix... Another hotspot area to Golden State, you know, like <laughs> he's here to play the E forty in the Mac Dre in the locker room. That's pretty much his responsibility <laughs> at this point. The man knows what he's he doing, dude. The man knows he's what he's get doing. Get it together, man. E forty showing up there, like Ghost Ride the Whip, Ghost Ride the Whip, Ghost Ride. <laughs> but yo, I I, hear, I totally agree with you, with you, John. That Golden State Warrior, like. That win, it should have happened, right? Like, it, it, we should have won one stream on left. That was so egregious, too. Like, that, I was like, why is he get, what did he do? Like, why? And then to have the NBA official, like, Twitter handle say he was mistakenly, like, ejected. And it's kind of like, cool. Thanks for letting us know. Like, you're doing your job for, like, saying that you were wrong, but it's not going to change the game. Like, you, this is where I feel like, and this is like a side tangent. I feel like refs this season, like beginning of the season, have just been horrendous, bro. Horrendous, like making terrible calls. Nothing has been consistent. Nothing. I don't even know what a foul is at this point. Like they let guys play against the Warriors, like, and it's like some of the same officials that we've seen too, like ref other games, and it's like that's a, that's not a foul, but this is a foul. Like, what's what is a foul at this point? Like, there's no consistency in foul calling whatsoever. It's dude, it's irritating. It's dude, hell. it's so annoying. It's so annoying. Even when it comes to like travels, like some travels get called down. It's like some aren't now. It's like, yo, are we, can we just keep it consistent? Like, I don't even care if like, I don't care if you, you know, you give someone like an extra step or whatnot. If everyone's getting the extra step, fine. At least it's consistent across the board. You know, if that's a foul, if like, if someone's going to like give you a bump or give like a little hook and it's not a foul. I'll let everyone else do it because then you start seeing everyone else do like these cri- these hooks. It's like okay, what's a foul? What's an offense? It's just there's no consistency. So like Adam Silver, if you listen to this podcast, which I know you do, no, I'm just kidding. I don't know if you listen to it or not. Hopefully you do. Uh, of course, you're the number one fan, bro. We're gonna find <laughs> number one fan, number one fan for the podcast. Thank you. If you if you're listening, bro, please fix this issue. We just want a more enjoyable game and don't make it like the rest are making it about themselves too to some extent where it's like wh- wh- why why are you getting involved just let the guys play let them play it out let them duke it out let's see what happens um that, that's just my little rant but i totally agree about the warriors going back to it kings i feel like we should have beat the kings kings have like the worst defense man we were in that game alec burks couldn't do anything reggie bulk was just a waste alfred payton was just oh my god dude you can't be in a starting lineup and hit zero shots like honestly, like what the hell was that? Like that. This is so. This is what I'm getting with with like 
Reggie Bullock, like his defense is not so locked down where it is, where he's such a, a <clears throat> where he should just already be getting a starting rotation spot. It's not that consistent and it's not that great where it's like, okay, if he go, if he bricks, at least I know I'm going to get like two steals. No one's getting by him. He's going to force, force, uh, passing, just lock down a defender. So it's going to be like five on four all night long. No, it's not like that. And I, that was probably the most, ir- one of the most irritating things with me from that game. What do you guys feel about it? I think for me, it's two things that I took with this game. Um, first, uh, with Alex Burke, uh, he's, he's one of those players that he has to be in a rhythm. Like he's, he's a wavy player. That's why I call him. Like they got to get in the rhythm once they do. This lights out. They're, they're in sync. I think towards the second half, he was trying to force it. Um, he was taking some shots that were very questionable to me. And he's just forcing to get himself in the rhythm. And I think he needs to trust his teammates to get him in the rhythm. He's one of those guys. I think if he's off the ball, like he, if he's off the ball, he can get in the rhythm when he gets the ball, comes back. I don't know if that makes sense, but he's one of those guys just noticed that he shouldn't be forcing it. Like trust your players. And then second, Halliburton's a dog. I, I yes. I've seen enough. Yes. Halliburton's yes. a dog and he showed it. I mean, and that's pretty much expected. I think it's a game we should have won. Um, I was a little disappointed that we didn't get that point, you know, Tyrese Halliburton, Halliburton was on his stuff and, uh, and they had that run towards the end. And I was like, yeah, once he hit the dagger, I forgot who yeah. did, but like, it was like, it is what it is. But nonetheless, I still think, um, I see, I see promise in this next team. I mean, it's, it's a loss, but it's not that bad of a loss. You know what I mean? I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because like, um, you know, just to go back to the Golden State game, they were already, uh, the stats of them being the number one defense was already out there circulating. You know what I mean? And then we had Steph Curry coming into town and we kind of put the, the clamps on Steph Curry. You know what I mean? And just doing that alone is impressive. Like that means that we, Tibbs had a game plan for a superstar and the Knicks executed that game plan. You know what I mean? And exactly. that's it. That's that to me is impressive for the Knicks. I'm not used to this. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know about you guys. So like that that to me is I'm like wow. Like even if even even if like it was like say say we lost that game, just like say like we ended up losing Golden State, I would be like okay. You know what I mean? Like it's okay. It's a it's a formidable loss. Like we, I, I just like the product that we. Uh, <laughs> And you could see the exact opposite of what I'm talking about when you go to the back-to-back and you look at the Sacramento Kings game um, that you guys are talking about. And to be fair, like, uh, I, of course, I want tattooed to my forehead that the Knicks need a point guard. But the question is, do they deserve excuses? <laughs> do they deserve excuses when, like, Frank's not there, Austin Rivers isn't there, you know what I mean? We have all these injuries at point guard. So when Alec Burks comes back, how much are we relying on Alec Burks to and his IQ, like basketball IQ, to like take us over the top? Yeah, I think when it comes to for Burks, right? It's not necessarily the point guard. I mean, he's an off ball handler that we're looking for. You know, what we were trying to do right now is work with multiple ball handlers like on the court, just like the Celtics would, or even when you watch the Clippers, you know, they want, 
Kawhi Leonard says he wants a point guard. And the thing about having like a point guard or just like uh, an initiator, whatever term you want to use for it, right? Someone who's ball dominant, who understands how to orchestrate the offense. You just want someone who you know you can just rely on where the other guys, you know, when it, let's, let's look at Boston for a second, right? Let's, you have Kemba, Tatum, and Brown, right? All three of those guys can bring up the ball, can initiate, do whatever you want. But the main guy is Kemba. And if Tatum and a Brown are not feeling it, you know it's going to go back to Kemba, who's going to just start calming everyone down, organizing it, getting everyone into their shot, getting everyone to their rhythm, figure out the right shot selections for everybody, and then when he knows to call his own number, he knows to call his own number. I think when we're talking about what Burks and like having the IQ of what is necessary, I don't necessarily think it's. I think he's one just shaking off the rust that he hasn't played, but two, you know, when he's on ball, it's to it's really just to alleviate Peyton who can only do he's so limited man in that offense he can't do anything like he can't shoot the man can't shoot he's been in the league for six to seven years and he can't shoot it's it's impressive that his shooting percentage just drops from what he it, what it was man and it, real he just estate can't, broker man he cannot he's he's just laying the bricks just like he's just a house seriously bro, bro. Call call the contractor, man. Peyton's the best contractor in town, man. You need buildings built. Yo, he'll do it for you, man. Lay man, down bricks. He likes the it's everywhere. Jeez. My God. Uh but yeah, man, it's it's that's why you see dude, Burks like trying to Burks, get, trying to get into it. The Burke the Burks like those three possessions in the in the fourth quarter when it was 89-87. Like and then he and then he was in the wrong spot. He wouldn't go through and he like calls the, the triple team. On Randall, exactly, mm-hmm. and 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 then he was forcing. He was clearly forcing the three, like like Ricey was talking about. Like Burks wanted to just like sh- shoot, like he just wanted to be the man and like have the game. He was trying to force it instead of having the game come to him, which is the exact opposite of what we need from Alex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally. Like I, I, I get that, but. I guess to go back to the question that you originally asked, if it's like, is it an excuse? I don't know if it's necessarily an excuse. It's just the reality of this team, right? Like we have limited guys that we can rely on to score. And you look at this team, right? Outside of Julius and Barrett, who else do you have? So when we don't have Burks and when we don't have someone who can help create, whether it be Frank Nilakina in his spot minutes or whether it's Alec Burks and just providing some floor spacing with his shooting or Austin Rivers who utilizes his quickness and is able to pass and just create separation and where you have to like where you have to respect his game that you have to follow him from the three-point line all the way to the rack it's it's not it's not an excuse it's just I don't think it's an excuse it's just the reality of what this team is you know an excuse would be like Oh, well, you know, we didn't have this guy. And if we had this guy, we'd win. I'm not saying that we would win, but it would probably be better if we had this guy. That's just the reality of it. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know. The ex- an excuse would be like, well, if Draymond didn't get kicked out of that matchup with, uh, against, uh, when there was the Warriors and the Cavs and the finals, right? That game would have won. That's an excuse. You know what I mean? That's an excuse. Um, I, it's just this team lacks a lot, man. Everyone's talking about like, oh, it's not a shock that Randall and uh, Barrett are the leading in minutes. It's like, okay, well, outside of those two, who's keeping Nixon who games? Are they? Who else? Right, exactly. Yeah, who who else is keeping? Like, it, it's not that it, I don't think Tibbs actually wants to play these guys so much. It's yeah. out of the necessity it's that they this- have to. Yeah. Agreed. So it's it's not the it's not the excuse that we don't have Frank or we don't have Burks or we don't have Rivers. 
It's just the reality of this team. I wouldn't call on an excuse because if they came back, right, if we had those guys, I'm not saying that we'd actually win. So it's not really an excuse. We just have depth. And it's like, all right, Brooks is not in tonight. Rivers, get in. Okay, Rivers is not doing it tonight. Frank, get in. Frank, it's not you. Okay, Reggie, let's try something. But we don't. We didn't have that. We've been lacking like adequate. It's not great. Dude, adequate dude, depth. <laughs> dude, where the hell is Frank? Coming back tonight. I think it's coming back. Unbelievable, tonight. bro. Yeah. I haven't. I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him. It feels like ten years. I feel like I was- <laughs> Yo, he just took a he took a little break, started his own R&B album, did some photoshops, man, just, you know, going on buttons for all the ladies. <laughs> ever since ever since ever since the ever since the Nick's Kiff uh program dropped, uh Frank has been, been out of sight. Though. He's been gone. <laughs> Yo, exactly. it is <clears throat> that's wild. That's wild that you pointed that out. But he is he was reported to come back tonight with Austin Rivers. So right now we're recording at 9 we started at 9 p.m. tonight, but it's 9.24 p.m. on a Sunday night, right before the Trailblazers game. Like I said, we couldn't record this after the Blazers game. We usually record after the game on Sundays, but 1 a.m. would be a lot out of all of us. We'd probably be asleep at the wheel and wouldn't make any sense. So we're doing this for the sake of you people out there. Uh, and thank you for listening. But I wanted to make a quick point, um, yeah. if that's okay. I think the Knicks, I wouldn't say there was a really, they really have an excuse. I think the Knicks will be fair very well in terms of playing teams that don't have depth. Like mm-hmm. they have, cause they have shown that they're able to lock down the star players. So if there's going to be teams out there that don't have depth, I think we're going to do very well in terms of that. But, um, I, I think, you know, we just don't have much on this. We don't have the much on the roster. I mean, we're working with <laughs> this man's making gourmet with bologna and cheese, bro. Like, that's that's basically what Tibbs is doing. So you got to give him credit for the work he's doing right now. <laughs> that's his sell, bro. That's his sell. That's what. That's exactly what they told us he's supposed to be. He's supposed to be honest to God. As much as I hate to uh, admit it, he's supposed to be the Bill Belichick of basketball, and and nice. and, and this is what he does. Absolutely. And with that, like that's that's where it's it's impressive to see where we are with this team. We're eight and nine right now. Before we play the Trailblazers, hopefully we beat the Trailblazers and get back to 500 to start off the quarter of the season 500. That exceeds expectations because they have this team right now, right? When we started the season, it was 22 and a half over under. We're right now on pace to exceed that, you know? Something that we're going to have to talk about, guys, once, not this pod, but later on is, are we going to be buyers actually at the trade deadline? You know, depending where we are, like, do, are we getting Julius Randle and RJ Barrett help to, because if we're on that playoff push, you know, that's better for development than just tanking and wasting a season. If you get these guys some playoff experience, that's more valuable than hoping to bring in somebody like a Cade Cunningham, you know, and then try to develop them. Um, even if it's just a, even if it's just a playing game, dude, like that's more valuable than just saying, yo, let's go get Cade because to put, even any pressure on someone to be the savior of this franchise. That's just a lot, you know? And Knicks fans are like, we got to calm down about that. Of course, I would love Kate on this team. That's not what I'm saying. But playoffs, man, like one that re- that rejuvenates the Knicks fan base to see us even in a playing game, that gives us a lot of hope under Thibodeau, right? Like the, if he can take this team to the freaking play-ins, like holy crap. Like 
I don't even know if we're going to make the playoffs. But the fact that we're on pace right now is, is more than impressive because you know we're going to win more games now at this point. We're going over 22 wins. There's no way, unless there's a, a catastrophe, right? But that's a, that's a question we're going to have to talk about later. But I think... You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I mean, no, dude. I mean, I, I personally think you're absolutely right. There, It would be egregious to not think that we're not going to get into the top 10 of the East, which would be the play-in game. Like, if, 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 if you don't think that the Knicks, the number one defense in the NBA, is deservant or is capable of getting a 10 seed, like in the East, like, then, then we're not even, I don't even know what language we're speaking. Like, we're, we're, we're not even speaking English. Okay. Like, so, um, for uh, for for me, I'm just I'm I'm wondering I'm wondering where we actually fit though. You know what I mean? Like obviously, like right now we're neck and neck with Brooklyn, okay? But we're we we, we play such different basketball than Brooklyn. You know what I mean? Brooklyn doesn't really know who they are yet, and neither do we, in my opinion. Um, I'm so interested about like 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 what you mentioned about the the, the deadline because. I, I think this the Knicks team is going to actually significantly change um, in the deadline for the first time in a long time. Deadline was let's just ship some people off for some picks. Like I remember, like every year we're like talking about like Marcus Morris getting rid of him for picks, or like Noah Vonleh trying to get some picks for him, or like 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 and like accumulate draft picks for future. Um, and I think this year it's going to change, where like. It's it's almost it's almost like like you said we actually have a goal this time and it's not that it's not the NBA draft we actually have a goal and that's on the court we have an on the court goal because we are going to make it into the playing game and after that like we can compete bro we can compete with the bottom of the East for for like a seven through eighth seed issue like for me like that has to be the goal right now get into the playoffs and make a splash because you know what dude. You know who you don't want to play in the playoffs in a series? A team that plays defense. You're not going to make a basket. You know what I mean? Like It's going to be so hard to score against a team that plays such hard defense in a slow-paced playoff game. It's going to be straight-up 90s Knicks scores, like 87, 89. Like, you know what I mean? That's the way the basketball games are going to go. That sounds fantastic to me. That's perfectly fine for me, man. I, I'm, I'd love to see that, actually. I'm fine with that. For sure. I mean, we had it this week with the Magic, right? Like, we had that old school, <clears throat> no one could shoot, defense is going to win today, and that's what's going to carry us, man. And I think we do have an identity, you know? There is an identity to this team. We're not a shooting team. We'll bull you in the paint. That is what we do. We Give it to I, RJ. I'm so Give excited. it to Randall. I'm so Don't. excited about this team because it's like, it's throwback. They really throwback for me, and I think it's going to carry a long way. And it's really funny because it's a shooter's league now. And, you know, everybody's trying to shoot the three ball from 30. And we're just going back to basic bully ball. I think if they stick with that, if we could get maybe one or two shooters who who was a pure shooter, I think if we get them on the deadline, look for a pure shooter that we can rely on for that that tray and just stick with, like, bullying. Randall's going – he's doing work in the paint. Mitch is getting boards, dunks. He's doing work. Um I think that's stick with. I think we're developing that identity of playing in the paint, locking down on defense, finally getting boards, which I've been asking for the past like ten years, 
So <laughs> I think we got, yeah, I think we have that identity playing that bully ball. But I think we just need a few cup, cup of pure shooters, more pure shooters, and I think we're straight. That, that's a fact, man. And <clears throat> look, we're grabbing boards. We're one of the top teams when it comes to grabbing boards. We finished very well on the paint, as you said. Randall, Barrett. Yo, it's actually, it's really beautiful. And honestly, I, I appreciate the throwback. Uh, it's, you could, we could argue all day with stat nerds and whatever. If it's like analytically friendly to the game to <clears throat> take two pointers all day, if mid range are efficient, I don't want to hear that. Look, if it's an open shot and it's a good shot, you take that shot. Okay. Adding, adding up points helps. Okay. I don't need, we saw, we saw what Houston did. We see what happened to the Celtics who are live and die by the three and they've, legit shot their way out of games by clanking every single three. Houston did that against the Warriors not too long ago, and we saw Boston do it too. So I'm not this whole live by the three guy. I like to see the, the diversity, especially like when you see RJ and Randall. Randall's mid-range game is just uncanny to me. He does like that old like, you know when you played rec league growing up before you played organized ball like middle school or in high school where it's like do not, do not curl your legs up. Like don't jump like you're doing like like you're jumping over something like a hurdle. Yeah, yet he does that all the time. I'm just like, yo, this is like the old school. Like you see like kids like using all their energy to chuck it, and like it works for him. It's it's amazing. <laughs> I just have to point so that out. It's so funny you say that. Now that come to think of me, it does do that shot. He really does do that shot. It's really funny. <laughs> Dude, it's like you watch it. It's just, it's so comical. I know John knows it because John 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 coaches with kids, so he gets to see this. <laughs> Yeah, it's not only that. It's not only that. RJ also lives in, in the mid-range. You know what I mean? Yeah. RJ and Randall have this, like, 90s dynamic. You know what I mean? Of just like, hey, we know we're not going to hit threes. This is just not our game. We're just going to bully ball you. We're going to, like, play sloppy. It's almost sloppy. We're just not used to it. I don't, I, I don't, I don't know how to explain it. When I'm, when I'm watching, I, I can't – do you think that – uh, our offense is kind of like the Tibbs Bulls because the Tibbs Bulls like was also revolving a lot around like the mid-range game. Um, they, they did, they did go to uh, Carlos Boozer a lot. You know what I mean? For yeah. better or for worse. You know what I mean? And then they, they had a lot of like Luol Dang guards, like, you know, and then they had the Tony Snell three, like that's Kevin Knox to me. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. It really gives me it really gives me Tibbs Bulls vibes, especially when we're stagnant. You know what I mean? For sure. And I think that um, I I think there's two different things though. I think Tibbs doesn't want this for the Knicks. I think for the Bulls it was different. It was incorporated that way where it's like mid range was still like highly acceptable. This was a type of style of play. He a lot of it was explosive plays around the rim and in the mid range. That's 100 percent true, John. Like where they lived, and they were fine living that way, and that's what made them successful. That and plus playing elite tier defense. Um, I think for the Knicks, I, I think Bulls, that was totally what he wanted. Knicks is just kind of like, this is the product that we got and we got to live with it. Um, but it, it is reminiscent of like those old Knicks. I, I think we're, we're, I think that's like the best way to leave it is like Rice, you pointed out. It, it is like that nineties era, like watching Ewing, Oak, you know, all those guys just like bully ball in and just hit the mid range. It's I'm fine with it. It's working. And it, do things that work for you, right? Because everyone was just going off on like mm-hmm. RJ. Like I sent out a tweet and I said, I'm happy. Like if RJ could live in the mid range, that'd be great. Like with the whole meme of like from uh, office space. Right. And it's like someone commented and like we had a nice friendly like conversation. Like, you know, it makes more sense to shoot threes just because even if he's missing, it's like, no, 
it doesn't like for me it doesn't make sense and this is why if you're missing all your threes and it's not helping you get into rhythm it's not help that's the key you're not getting into rhythm you have to get into rhythm feel your shot so if the three's not falling get something get that easy bucket first shooter scores have to get something easy to get their confidence back up so that they know they can take that three if they're not going to hit the three ball Go drive it in. If the thing with RJ was that he was doing threes and drives and it wasn't working. So it's like, okay, try the mid range. You're good at the mid range, kid. And he's hitting the mid range. It's like, now you're starting to get that rhythm. Now you get the feel of the stroke of like, all right, now I know how much power I got to put behind the three. And so when people tell me like to live by the three, that's the one thing I can't stand. I do not like that. I do not like that mentality because guess what? The best scores in this league don't live by the three. CJ McCollum, Devin Booker, you know, Two of the most prolific shooters that we have in this league just understand the mid-range. Steph Curry is actually one of the most elite mid-range shooters. He's just choosing when he does. And we only see him he shoot three exactly. because he can just shoot from anywhere on the court. So that's he why he doesn't buy do the three. He just can shoot from lights out. And that's the yeah. difference. I really agree with you. Um, you it's, it's, it's not good if you live by the three. And I think with the Knicks, we have such a good defense right now. So I think if you can get points how you can, it's going to work out. I think... I think we're going to be like a team of runs, if you ask me. Oh, yeah. There's going to be a situation where we're going to just be on 10-2 runs, 12-2 runs, and that's what's going to help us win games because that defense locks down. Like, I already see they put the clamps on people. So if we are able to get the points where we can, mid-range, up to the basket right there with Mitch Duncan, I mean, it's fine. As long as we get the points and we lock down, that's the whole point. That's how we're going to be able to win the quarters and win the game. Yeah, you know? I hundred percent agree, Ricey. And and yo, Alex, your point, dude. Like, why don't we just take threes that we kind of know we're going to miss already? Like RJ with a small percentage. You know, why, why not just have him shoot threes? Because when you shoot threes, long threes, they turn into long rebounds, and we have stinky guards. And then that turn when the other team gets it, that turns into a fast break. You know what I mean? That's exactly. A, it's, it's really simple. It's it's simple math. So shoot a mid range and miss it. And it's I know it's quote unquote the worst shot in basketball because the difficulty is high because you're far away from the basket, but it's only two points. You know what I mean? And you, mm-hmm. it's easier if you're Mitch Robinson and you get the highest percentage in the league because like you're right around the basket. Like I get all of that. Sure, like it all sounds good to me, but it's just you got to play to your strengths. And that's 100%. my favorite, that's my favorite part about this team right now. Like, we play defense, we play hard nosed defense, and we play in the mid range because we can't score. We can't score, and we all know that we can't shoot, so we're going to defend. If we can't score, neither can you. And like, that's, that's our, that's our mantra right now, and I kind of like it. John, yeah. you, you know, and John, sorry, sorry, Alex, but John, you know, as a coach, like, with the mid range, if you got a good mid range, it actually spaces the floor out. So, when you got somebody who can shoot mid range automatically, you gotta, you gotta trust it now. You gotta, you gotta, you know, guard it. And that's automatically gonna space the floor out. So then it's more flexible to do pick and pops, pick and rolls. Like it's gonna space out the game. And I think that's gonna really help RJ Barrett because he's a slasher and he'd be getting those, those running floaters. Emmanuel quickly, float machine. We come back. <laughs> That means the float machine. It's not no, like those the are scary. machine. It's never they're scary, broke. bro. They're really scary. I, I know they they've been dropping, but every time he yeah. like lets go of his hand, I'm like, geez, it goes. Dude. <laughs> it just dude. somehow it goes, dude. You know what's crazy? He's like, I, 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 I'm, 
I haven't looked at the stat for a while when, until I haven't looked at the stat since we were doing like draft coverage um, for all these guys. And Emmanuel quickly is like in the 89th percentile with that floater. Like when he was in college, that's insane. Money. It like is money. it is, dude, that thing is a teardrop. That thing legit plops right through like all net. That is fantastic. I saw on Twitter, three minutes of floaters from Emmanuel quickly. This is a rookie <laughs> playing not even 20 games. And you already got three minutes worth of floater coverage. Like, <laughs> three minutes. That's it. That's it. We need a, we need a, we need a IQ. We need an IQ NBA logo of him uh, doing floater. Oh, shout out to my guy, Steve from, uh, who, one of my colleagues from, uh, Knicks Fan TV. He created that dude. That, there's a logo out there already. It is beautiful. It's the NBA logo with the Knicks colors. Oh my God. I retweeted that thing is so beautiful. Shout out to you, Steve. Um, but nah, like I, I think to finish it up, like we know what Randall and RJ are. Like we, we, we talked about their strengths and what we like about them because those are two really our two foundational pieces. The other one that we got to discuss is Mitchell Robinson, man. Dude, this kid has taken a leap. Like, he is taking a leap game by game. It is so impressive. Like, really, really impressive how strong he is now as a rebounder. Like, he got not necessarily on the defensive end, but his offensive rebounding is just taking another, is taking another step. Being in the top three in offensive rebounds in the league, insane. Um, he's understanding how to box out better on the, on the floor, right? On the floor alone, um, and Schwinny, Schwinny Poo, Schwinn, who we did a podcast with, uh, two weeks ago, tweeted out, you know, when Mitch is on the floor, we're at, we, we recover 78% of the rebound, defensive rebounds. When he's off the floor, it's 73%. You just see, so Mitch already makes that level of an impact, right? And I, I just don't know what else to say, man. Like he really is just taking another step and he's not fouling as much anymore. He's staying in games for like 30 plus minutes, which is what we need out of him. And that's, he is the defensive anchor. He is the rim protector, which is why we're able to stay in these games too. Um, I don't know. What do you, how do you guys feel about Mitch and watching him this year? I see, first of all, I'm proud of him for improving. I see a mental shift. I see a mental shift in him. I think he's gained his confidence in the sense that there's not many people who can mess with him on the court in terms of his size and ability to get rebounds. And I think, I don't know if it's Woody telling him in his ear, or Tibbs, or whoever, but someone got in his ear and said, hey, look, that's your domain. You take over. That's you to can the alpha male, man. And I think it's just registered with him. And he's getting boards left and right easy and putting and getting putbacks and getting dunks in. I mean, I think that it's a, it's a, it was a mental shift, and I think that's what we need. We need somebody who's a bully in the paint who you know he's going to get a board or an offensive rebound. Offensive rebounds is huge. I mean, it exponentially increases your chance of getting putbacks and, you know, second chance points. So I think Mitch has got a mental shift, and I think that's what's really helping him. Facts, Bryce. Facts. John, what, I know you were uh, – you. John was the, the resident, like, I love Mitch, but I'm going to be the stern parent. Well, Mitch, you got to show up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man, and and you know who's hit it right on the head, Ricey, because we all see like the slight improvements of him on the court for sure. Like he's less, he's not flailing his arms around. Even his fouls are more deliberate. You know what I mean? And that actually matters. Like silly loose ball fouls are different than like somebody driving on the paint and you like contesting the shot and getting the foul. You know what I mean? They are they actually are different. 
But 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 the biggest impact is his mental shift. So what happens? So um, I don't have the exact number, but let's say uh, rough amount five to six, five to five to six games now. Uh, some sort of foul trouble. Okay? And the difference is when he's back on the court, how he acts, how he plays. He's not playing scared. He's still being very, very aggressive. And that mental graduation is what I love so much about Mitch, man. He's like, man, he's a man on the court now, even if he has two fouls, even if he has three fouls. He's still playing like gritty basketball, getting the rebounds and getting in the guy's for sure, for sure, and I'm just I, I'm happy about it because he was definitely, <clears throat> you know, you, we talked about you know, and even reporters, the team made it known that whether or not it was like verbatim, but they made it known that Mitch and RJ, because we didn't know what we were gonna get out of Randall, but Mitch and RJ are our two key pieces of this team to like take us to that next level. And right now, year three for Mitch, uh, year two for RJ, they're showing they can be key pieces for this team. I don't know if they're going to be all-stars. I don't know if they're going to uh, you know, be all NBA or anything like that. But right now, they're, sh- they're training in the right direction to show us that they're key pieces for this team. And, you know, if we, depending on what we do with Randall, and I know we just talked with Ari last week, John, but it, I am. It's so hard, man, because the way he plays, dude, it's really tough to see this, to get rid of a guy who's like so good. It really is. If he continues this level of play, it's going to be really tough because he's playing at an all star level, man. It's really tough to even think about letting him go. I know, but at what point, at what point do you see how high his value is and then like how low Ben Simmons' value is? And then start, you know, start the negotiations. You know what I mean? No joke. Like we have some picks. We got, we got an all star. You guys have someone who's declining on your side. Maybe Randall and Embiid are nice with, are nice with each other. Like that sounds like a pretty good fit for me. You know, like that things are, things start to get heat, or might start to get heat, uh, heated up. Like around the deadline. Like are we going to extend Randall? I think, I think it's a you good problem. I mean? And then I think we actually have a good problem here. You know what I mean? No, it's absolutely good. It's absolutely a good problem. And, uh, sorry to cut you off, Ricey, but you, you know, there's fans out there like, well, we need Obi out there. Or, what, what are we going to do with Randall? And it's like, everyone's concerned, like, what we're going to do right now. It's like, this is a good problem to have. You know, even if we kept Randall and say we extended Randall, if he could, he's 26. He hasn't even reached his prime yet. He's two years away from reaching his prime. Say you get a godfather offer then and you pay him and you trade him later. Like, I know everyone's like he's showing the potential right now. He's showing his potential and how how efficient of a player he can actually be, and that's only going to help us down the road. People are going to be interested in it, and they might, you know, not to be crazy, but they might sell the farm. We just not a few weeks ago we're thinking, oh, now we got to get him out of here. But and he's showing he's showing us upside and promise. And a lot of us we knew that he had it. What was frustrating is that he wasn't tapping in to actually play to his potential. We know he can play ball. He's a baller. But it, now he's finally showing that he can ball. And we love it for that. But, you know, at come trade deadline, we got to make some, 
if we really think about it, if we there's opportunity, as John said, that we can get someone that is going to actually help us in certain pockets that we need, you might have to pull the trigger on that. You never know. I don't know. That's for sure. Yeah. Go ahead, John. Point guard. Point guard. Please get me a point guard or yes. some shooters, man. And 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 there has to be there. Ha- we have to like pull back for a second because. How how much of Randall's statistics are one? If we're gonna give Tips credit for running a system, like how much are we gonna accredit it to that? And number two, somebody has to get the damn stats on the Knicks, dude. Somebody has to get the rebounds and the points and the assists. Like somebody has to get them. You know what I mean? It just happens to be him, and and we see that happen around the NBA. You know, the, the inflated stats when there's not many. Uh, players on the team that are, you know, filling up the categories. For sure, but I'm pretty sure that Randall was still putting up uh, great po- great uh, numbers or good numbers. I won't say great, but really good numbers when uh, he was in New Orleans too. Like, we all know that Randall could put up some some solid numbers. It's nothing – this is not uh, unknown to us. And I think he could still add these type of numbers even if you added someone else, you know, to the team and here you go you know starting from every year since randall's been in the league excluding his first year because he broke his game he broke his leg in game one of his nba career he's always improved in points right the question was whether it was efficient points so he went from 11.3 to 13.2 to 16.1 to 21.4 in new orleans and played a lot of games by the way with anthony davis this is not some like misnomer that's out there and then last year he had 19.5 took a dip but he wasn't playing efficiently now he's averaging 22.6 we'll see if he can keep this up because tonight's going to mark the quarter of the season we'll see how, how he continues through the rest of the year um but dude like even still like I, I know someone has to get points but even if someone still has to get points the question is are you winning games and the thing is like he's winning games so he's helping you win games so at that point it's saying and he's keeping you in games so you know he could be a key contributor to a team this is not uh this is not uh, a guy who's putting up empty stats you know the conversation of like devin booker like years ago where it's like oh devin booker can score 40 on you but you know you lose by 20 is he really like gonna count towards winning what does that, what, what difference does that make? You know, it could be like an Anthony Morrow situation where it's like, all right, this dude could put up 20 on a given night, but is it going to get you a win? Probably not. Um, and I think for Randall, you know, I, I think it's one, yes, who's, it's part, who's going to score on this team? We need to score part. Second part would be he's actually contributing to winning games. The third part is that he's maintaining this and still being efficient. And keeping us in games, you know, even if we're not winning. So I think it's real. I think, I think it is legitimately real that he's doing this. Question is, can he sustain it? Um, and right now he's doing a good job do, uh, at that. So it's just hard, man. It's really hard to, to bring this full circle of like, what are we going to do with Randall by the trade deadline? Are we going to keep him? It's, it's a tough situation, but as Ricey pointed out, it's a good situation to be in. And, you know, we don't need to have that answer today. Um, we'll, but we'll see what happens with the tra- once the trade deadline gets here. Yeah, I agree with that. And before we uh, move on to uh, the Knicks schedule and games, I really do want to get you guys' thoughts on Obi. Because as you've mentioned, Alex, there is a lot of nonsense floating around. 
why isn't Obi getting these minutes? Wow, Obi is outmatched out there. Of course he's outmatched out there, dude. He had he played like four games this year off injury. He has no spot on the team. He doesn't know what he's really doing yet. He's he's fat. You know what I mean? Like let's call it what it is. Like he's not in shape. Like what do you want from the guy? Like it's gonna take time. He he's not known for his defense, and he's in a super defensive system. He's scared to put the ball on the ground. He needs an offseason, dude. Like, let's, he needs an offseason. Like, if you're expecting, uh, like, Amari Stoudemire from the Phoenix Suns days, like, on day one, like, I'm sorry to break it to you, man. I'm really sorry to break it to you. Just gotta, you gotta give it a couple of years. And what did Amari Stoudemire have day one when he went to Phoenix? Uh, I think a point guard, uh, by the name of Steve, Steve Nash. Nash. Yeah, exactly. So, like, we also don't have, like, Emmanuel, it's, it's, first of all, it's beautiful when we see the IQ topic connection because it shows, like, okay, this kid does exist in there. He's a rookie. So I'm not expecting him to be great. Like, and. He has flashes. You're right. Yeah. And was it, who, who said it? Um, was it, was it, was it Ari who said it? Like, the, the, the differences of, like, what you expect based on where you're picked, like, quickly being the 25th, 25th pick. It's like, oh, okay. Uh, this is great. What yeah, anything, anything, anything he gives us is like is like super. Like, yeah, I agree. Yeah, and if it's if it's the eighth overall pick, it's like, yo, why is this kid not dropping forty on this given night? And why did it, and it, what made it even worse though? What made it even worse is that we had the whole Halliburton, uh, the Obi versus Halliburton talk. It was like a whole, and the New York Post loved started starting this too earlier this week with the whole. Are the Knicks gonna miss out on getting Cole Anthony? It's like, well, Cole was drafted before we even had the chance to get him, and we weren't gonna take him so early because, I don't know, one of the top recruits in the nation, college player of the year, best, <laughs> had all the accolades he wanted, fell to you at eight. It's like, I'm sorry, we're gonna pass up on this guy to go take Cole Anthony, and this is no slide, this is no like slander or or whatever to Cole Anthony. I think he's doing very well in Orlando. And I think he fits very well in Orlando. And that was what I would say for Tyrese Halliburton. He fits out in Sacramento. Okay. He legitimately fits in Sacramento. You have De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald, Marvin Bagley out there, an established system already with actually decent players that can, uh, who can, he just has to slide in there and just play his game. And he can play his game. If you put him on the Knicks, you know, we didn't, when we were thinking about drafting, it's like, okay, we didn't know Randall's going to be who he is. We didn't know what RJ is going to turn out like, turn out like, and we didn't know what Mitch is going to turn out like. So like, why would we take a guy who is considered a connector, needs to work off of other guys' energy who, who are scoring and who are threats to scoring, and then put Halberton in the situation where he has to run the entire show, which is not really his forte. Like De'Aaron Fox is still running the show out in Sacramento. Halberton's a great player. Like for, for a rookie, you know what I mean? Like playing very well, you know, like kudos to him. He's, he's showing out. He had a good game against us, but that does not mean that we one fail the draft Two, let's also give Obi some time to play. Cause he's missed some games. He just came off an injury. He plays a totally different position than Halliburton and he's playing against bigs who are bigger than him. And he's not, he's not like, he's only 22. Just give the kid a break. For, for crying out loud. How, how did you guys feel? Because that, that stuff just annoyed the living crap out of me. It's a rookie, man. Like, he's just got into the league. Like, let this man grow. Um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take time. You just don't go out there balling, you know, from day one. There's few people relatively in the league ever that can just go in there, 
from a rookie year and start, you know, balling on people. So let him grow. This is a new system. It's a new coach. Let OB grow, you know. You have to play smart with him. Limited minutes, I'm not, I'm not, you know, really mad about that. You have a system that's working, for the main part, stick with it. And then get him in there, you know, limited for the for the meantime. And over time, he's going to grow. I, I agree with John. He needs an offseason. Like, just give him the offseason one season. Figures out what he got to do. Watch. He's, he, can, he can ball. You already saw the flashes. He, he can ball. You just got to give him time to grow. That's all. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and if you want to, if you want to, you know, kind of appease the haters, you guys are right. He can't create his own shot. He, he cannot do that. And he probably will not. He needs a point guard. Like Alex mentioned, if we're, if we're looking at Amari Sotomayor, uh, Phoenix, uh, you know, as a ceiling, you know, the Phoenix slash Knicks version, cause obviously Obi can shoot way better than Amari, you know, even thought in his dreams of shooting. So if if he has a point guard, you know what I mean, then it's gonna change because he can't put the ball on the ground. You know he really can't. So man, I'm I'm excited about what Obi's gonna bring to the table. Yes, he's not gonna come in and he's not gonna be a a solid point guard like Halliburton. Man, I love Halliburton. Alex knows I was screaming about Halliburton all year. Uh, you, you know during our NFL dra- uh, NBA draft, and you know what, like. That's fine. It's okay that Albert is good and, and the Knicks got Obi Toppin. It's like, that is, I just hate that. I mean, I know you both are all over it, but it just drives me absolutely bananas. Like, there are other teams in the league and there are other players in the draft that we only have, you know, limited picks. Like, we're not, there are going to be players that we pass on that end up being good. Exactly. <laughs> what yeah. are you going to do? <laughs> like, like, I understand. It, this is crazy, and it's, you know, the one thing I'll say about this, don't come at the Knicks for saying, oh, they passed up on Halliburton. Um, maybe, you know, we don't see the Halliburton that we see now. If he's on the Knicks, different situation, different co- different construction, whole totally different team. Maybe we don't get that, you know? Maybe, we, maybe he's not the player that we see we're just, like, raving about. Also, if you really got a, if you really got a gripe, Take a gripe with everyone who was saying Tyrese Halliburton's not going to be that good. All right, go 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 attack the mock experts out there who are just like, ah, oh, Halliburton's not going to be anything, or go attack the the Twitter draft experts, you know, who wish they were verified, who are not verified for a reason, who are, who are just like out there like, oh, Harold Halliburton's not that good. Uh, you know, he can't do this, he can't shoot. You know, that shot looks whack, and it's like, oh, well, that shot that looks whack is sinking. All right. Somehow it's finding the bottom of the net. So I don't, I guess it's not that bad, is it? Okay. If Sean Marion could exist in this freaking, <laughs> exist in this league <laughs> shooting from his chest, I think, I think Tyrese Halliburton can exist in this league shooting like a little, like old hitch. Okay. And his jumper, like, come on now. Just give me a freaking break. Oh my God. Just be happy for the kid. You can have, you can, you can want our kid to do well. That's also, that's also plan B too. Like, come on. I'm just tired of it, man. I'm just tired. Like, Knicks fans, I love you. You bother the living crap out of me because you're never happy. You know, we, we could have had LeBron James. Everyone would be like, why did get, we get Kamal Anthony, Anthony too? Right. It's like, uh, right. oh, I'm sorry that we only had one pick. My God. <laughs> get get out of my face with this. All right. That's enough. That's enough grievance talk for right now. I love so Albert, let's get on. though. I really, I, really, I really wish him the best. 
<laughs> I like Halliburton too. I want, look, man, I think the one thing I do hope, I hope this draft class, draft class actually exceeds all expectation because everyone was calling this sleeper, not a lot of good picks and whatnot. And right now, Cole's balling, Halliburton's balling, Okoro's balling, uh, you know, Wiseman is doing well. If Obi starts getting going, it's like, yo, you're talking about the top, top, the draft's looking pretty fine. Emmanuel Quickly's playing well. Tyrese Maxey's playing well. Like, all these kids yeah. are playing well. Even, even Bane, yo, Bane, Bane, Shaw's on fire. Yo! Everyone we were talking about. Everyone we were talking about is, is showing up. It, it, you love to see it, really. It's, it, it, honestly. You do. It, it, it makes you, makes you feel good about, uh, the state of college basketball and, like, how we evaluate the players and kind of where the NBA is going, man. Like, we, these players are, are about to are going to be the superstars in the league. Like, think about Cam Reddish, dude. Think about how long it took Cam Reddish, who was like uh, just a depth kind of guy on Duke, and now yeah. it took took him a couple of years, and now he's like a depth guy on Atlanta. Like, that's a nice transition, man. You know what I mean? Like, that's a that's a that, that's that's a nice. That's how NBA teams are built. For sure, and even look like I didn't even mention the other one that everyone wanted, Lamelo Ball. He's hooping out in, in Charlotte, so everyone's playing well. So I think that's the one thing I will say is that I think we, not we, I think draft experts really undersold how good this draft is because we didn't have a March Madness, and I hope all these kids are just so good, man. I hope we're talking about this draft class, be like, well, we just saw it coming. It's like no. It, Pull up the receipts. Pull up the receipts. I just want everyone just like to start going off on how 2020 was like one of the best draft classes that we've ever seen. We have um, a bundle. It's a bundle of stars. Dude, like look, we have like we have Malachi Flynn who's playing well. Right. We yeah. got uh oh my god, there's so many good players, man, from this draft. And like a good player too, even a role player, right? Even if they're a role player, that is value. Like most yeah. of the league is role players. Like let's let's also not everyone's a superstar. It's hard to get the superstar. If everyone's if someone's a role player who's contributing to a winning team, yo, you hit. You already did a good job. Already did a good job. But that's enough ranting on the the 2020 draft class, the Halliburton OB conversation. Um, damn you, New York Post. Damn you, Berman for stirring controversy. Um, but let's move on to. This week's matchups, man. We got some games. <laughs> Yo, this they week. know what they're doing, man. This is not their not their first rodeo. Mr. This Panic is not Master. the first rodeo. This is not the first. They got they know, that. They know what they do. They got man. that big wooden spoon. They got that big wooden spoon, like an Italian mother, just stirring that sauce, man. They're stirring the pot. <laughs> big stirring the pot vibes. Mr. Raisin, Mr. Raisin, man, tell them, tell them about the album drops, man. They know. Oh, it's a rollout. Bourbon knows. Bourbon knows a lot coming, and that's why he's pulling out that burn. He probably already has pre-written every single player that was around or rumored around the Knicks, <laughs> and he already is like waiting for that piece to drop. <laughs> you know, I know a rollout when I see one. This just, this just smells of a rollout. I oh mean, yeah, for sure. Freak someone. We have yeah. our resident. We have our resident expert rollout sniffer. If one, one's big news dropped about any single celebrity or anybody or any musician, Mr. Raising Man is all over it. Like, all right, let's see the drop. I'm seventy percent with the predictions, man. I'm I'm literally seven out of ten out here. Like, don't. And that's what, and that's why we got Ricey on the squad, bro. That's why we got Ricey on the squad. Not only for the fire beats, but for the intel. All right. It's like, uh, what was it? It's like, what was taking so long for Thibodeau to be hired, right? But you notice that once it was the day after Adrian Wojnarowski came back that he reported it. 
Look, this is already, it was already pre, it was already, it was already in the books, all right? According to Phil, as it was written, you already know. <laughs> yeah. And once Woj got back off suspension, it was just ready to go. That thing was ready to drop. That, that tweet was already drafted three weeks ago and just get ready to be sent. Okay. That's expert, that's expert level reporting, tweeting, and knowledge. Let's, let's get that straight. But now let's move on to the games of this week. We've got three games, not including tonight's matchup. We could talk about tonight's matchup if you want to, but let's stick with the games coming up because I know John and I did our predictions. Rice, if you want to throw your prediction for tonight's game. Uh, but, but hold on. Can... There's a material change, bro. There's a material because change. Because CJ McCollum's gone? Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Now, are, you, are, you not, are you on board with my, with my uh, Sunday opposite day now that CJ's out? Oh, yeah. I think it's very likely that they could win this game, especially after rest, loss. You're going against Dame. They also don't have uh, Nurkic, too. So you don't have Nurkic. You don't have CJ. That's Portland's. Dude, it's tough, dude. I love Nurk so much. His luck, his injury luck, is so bad, man. It's so bad. Yeah, it's really, it it's really, really bad. It sucks. I really like the Trailblazers too. I like, I like that team. I want that team mm-hmm. to, I want that team to win one together, especially while Mel is on there. But all right, so let's we can talk Trailblazers. So when it when this pod drops on Tuesday, yeah. um, this game will clearly already passed. But we'll go into it right now. Uh, without CJ McCollum, uh, it sounds like John and I are on board that there's a chance for the Knicks to win. Um, Likewise, Bryce, you feel yeah, the I same think, way? I think so. I think it's uh, it's going to hinge on that third quarter, man. If they can keep it close in the third quarter, I think we got a shot. Okay, okay. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. It's always about the third quarter for the Knicks. Third Absolutely. quarter of doom. Um, so we got the Trailblazers out of the way. The next games that we got this week, we got Knicks at Utah to end their road, their west, uh, their western road trip. Then they come back. They got a couple days off from Tuesday. Uh, they take on our. I guess we love the Cleveland Cavaliers because this is the third time we're matching up with them uh, within a short time. So we got the Cavs on Friday at seven thirty. And the general, the, the, the schedule loves the Knicks, Jazz, and Knicks, Cavs. That's like their number one. Oh yeah, right. Actually, that was that was that back to back game, though, right? It was. Yeah. Oh my God. Somehow we we love Utah on Tuesday and we love Cavs on Friday. This is the this is the matchup the NBA wanted. Who would have thought? Um, legit, just repeating the schedule at this point. Uh, so, and then the last game we got is John's favorite day, Sunday opposite day, where the Knicks will be at home versus the L.A. Clippers. Or. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna hate NBA opposite day when the Knicks are eventually good. I'm not I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> I'm a believer, man. Sunday opposite day is real. I'm a believer. You gotta get on board, bro. You gotta get on board, bro. Before before the whole world figures it out. Before Vegas figures it out, the calculation Vegas hasn't figured out yet. <laughs> Go. Figured oh out. my god. <laughs> So how much, what's the calculation for opposite day Sunday? Some nerd in the back room of, at Vegas is like, well, if you calculate the wind trajectory, if you calculate the, the color of the hoop, <laughs> calculate yeah, the color of the hoop. Calculate how many, yeah, you gotta, you gotta calculate how many, how many drinks were flowing on Saturday night. That's really what you're calculating. Like, thank you, Alex. And now with our resident opposite day specialist, Mr. Malika, please let us know. <laughs> <Ready>? <laughs> Now to John with the Sunday opposite day lineups. John, what do we got? <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. That's great. That's great. Uh, <laughs> but, oh, man. So, 
the picks. I'm, I'll go first. All right. So Tuesday, I think, I think the Knicks are gonna win by five with the Utah. First person to get to 100 points wins. I think here, straight up. <laughs> okay, and I think, that's I think fair. the Knicks that's are gonna fair. hold them to a little above 100. So I think the okay. I think Knicks can get Tuesday. I think um, I don't know if the Knicks are gonna get the Cavs on Friday. To be honest with you, I think the Cavs are been on a stride lately. They're, they're figuring it out. Colin Sexton is going crazy. I'm a little worried about that. But, you know, I'm being biased. I'm hoping the Knicks win, but I think it's going to be a tough one on Friday. And I'm a believer of the opposite day. I think the Clippers are going to play down to the Knicks on Sunday. Kawhi is not going to he's not gonna be on his game. I think they're going to lock up Kawhi. As crazy as it sounds, I think they're going to lock him up to below his performance. Paul George... I think he's going to get out of trouble. Um, I really think that the Knicks will get the Clippers game. As crazy okay. as that sounds, I think they might get that opposite Sunday. I believe it. Okay. 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 So two and one on the road. Nice. Two and one. Well, they're home for the Cavs and the Clippers. Oh, the but, Cavs. Uh, right, right. They're home. So you got two and one this week. John, two what about one. you? I think the I think the Clippers take, uh, first of all, is pretty interesting. Because they're on, they're going to be on a huge road trip, and we're kind of stuck in between them. So they're they're at Atlanta on Tuesday, then they go to Miami Thursday, in Orlando Friday, and then they play us in a matinee on Sunday, and, and that's in between Brooklyn, and then they go to Cleveland. Like honestly, the Clippers have a pretty good schedule, and that kind of favors uh, the Knicks. Um, so I'm kind of working backwards there. <laughs> um, I guess, uh, I, I do like the, I'm going to stick with the opposite day. I guess I'm the resident opposite day, uh, <laughs> you know, telecaster as you guys, as you guys, uh, are brought out. So I'm going to go with the Knicks W versus the Clippers. I'm also going to do Knicks W versus the Cavs. The Cavs stink. <laughs> okay, I, I, when I watch them, I I I know they're nice. I I I love uh Sexton. He's a beast. You know what I mean. I really like watching him. Um, Okuro is really cool. Like I I I love his his three and D. His he's everything Alex thought he was, and probably a little <laughs> bit more. You know what I mean. And I you know and, and and I stand corrected, and I'm happy. You know that I'm happy where he landed, and he's great, dude. Um, but I I, I think I think the Cavs. They are the team that succumbs to a, a defensive team like the Knicks. Like if they get clamped down on defense by, by a Knicks team, they they don't survive. You know what I mean? And, uh, but the Jazz, dude, the Jazz, they're they're hot right now, man. They're good. They're good. They're they're not that Jazz team that we beat a couple weeks ago, uh, like Alec was alluding to. Uh, especially if we're able to get this Blazers. Uh, w, which, you know, we're going to know when you're listening to this pod right now, but we don't know recording it. That would, uh, give me the Portland win. Take the L versus the Jazz, a very formidable top team, streaking team in the West. Like, absolutely murder it. Like, right now, I, I don't want to play the Jazz. That's a bad spot for the Knicks. So, probably blow out. And then, poop and get, uh, you know, those two wins next week, Cavs and Clippers. And that's a nice, that's a nice week, man. That's a nice week. Two and one, about 500. What more can you ask for? All right. Those are solid picks. So you got, so 
All right. All right. So we both got you got you both you guys got two and one. Uh, so these are my picks. I don't think we'll beat Utah this week. I, I just don't see that happening. They just, you know, they just, uh, the, as John alluded to, they're on a hot streak. They're ready to give a, a payback to the Knicks after lose, after a comfort behind victory against them when they were in MSG. So I see Utah coming out and, uh, taking them. The Cavs, now that Frank, if Frank can stay healthy for this week, that is the key to like actually like stopping, uh, sex one. Uh, sex land, as they, as they say it, or sexton. I'm sorry. I can't, I can't deal with that name. Quivers is better. Um, <laughs> but, but, uh, it's, I think they can actually have a chance to, to come back and they've beaten the Cavs before. I think they'll have something figured out for Drummond this time around. So I actually think the Knicks can get something against the Cavs for the Clippers. I'm just going to go with opposite day. Question is Kawhi going to play that day? So. Let's That's the bigger question. I got the Knicks, I got the Knicks the against movement. the Clippers. So I also the got move. two and one. Let's go. Two and one for the Knicks. Let's do this. Two and one Opposite this week. day. Hey. <laughs> all right. So, Alex, actually, me and you are exactly on board this week. We all have two and one. Me and you are identical, but Rice, he's switching up uh, Cavs and Jazz. He has us beating the Jazz, losing to the Cavs. Yep, yep, yep. All right. All right, fellas. So I think that covers up for the Knicks. So... Let's take a little break and then come back for uh, come back for the etc. What's up, boys? So for etc., uh, we like to go over the Tuesday slate, uh, the day that the podcast came out. Uh, as we already mentioned, we have uh, Jazz Knicks. Uh, Alex and I have uh, the Jazz taking down the Knicks, um, who are pretty hot. Alex has the Knicks taking down the Jazz. We're all we're all hoping that Ricey is right, um, but. Um, to the other games, um, the second game is really interesting. Let's let, let's stick to the first one first. We have the Clippers at the Atlanta Hawks. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty nice matchup. The lines aren't out yet. Um, I'm, I I can see this being like minus two and a half Clippers. Um, mm-hmm. In my opinion, like just like a complete uh, guess the line uh, guess for me. Um, and I kind of like, I kind of like the Clippers here. Um, the Hawks are, the Hawks are good, but they're, they're streaky shooters. They rely on, um, they rely out to like out, like run you out of the gym. Uh, they, that, that's the kind of basketball they play and nobody's running, uh, Kawhi and, uh, Paul George and the Clippers out of the gym, especially like we're all, they're all going to be well rested. So, um, I, their game just does it. I, I just think they get the, the Hawks are about to hit a brick wall, even though, man, as we mentioned, um, in the first half of this podcast, like Cam Reddish has been impressing. Uh, I really, I really do like what the Hawks are doing. Um, Gallo's coming back. He was, he was injured, so that's like you know that, that, uh, another big uh, step up for them. Um, I know Bogey was hurt for a while. Like they, they have some injuries and some things are working out. Um, but yeah, give me the Clippers here, probably by um, close to double digits, maybe like eight to ten or like the eight to twelve range, uh, in my opinion. What, what do you guys think? I got clips. I got the clips as well. Um, with this matchup, I'm gonna think they're gonna win by seven. That's my guess. Um, I think Paul George is gonna have a, a solid game. It's gonna be usual numbers. Um, yeah, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be the Clippers. I'm taking the Clippers by seven. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Clippers winning as well. It's kind of hard to say the Atlanta Hawks are just gonna show up and run the Clippers out of the gym, as John pointed out. Um, I just, it, it's just not that, you know, 
I don't think it's that hard just to <laughs> call the Clippers on this one, man. Like, who you got two of the best defensive guys and like Paul George and Kawhi. Um, throw Pat Bev in there. Yeah, Trace probably will get his numbers. You're not gonna completely shut him off, but you're not running and gutting on the Clippers. Let's let's just keep it a buck. Yeah, straight up perimeter defense is just gonna be better for the Clippers. That's just mm-hmm. that's why I see it myself. And then and then who's the and we, 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 like it's already been pointed out, they they like to run and gun. They don't play any defense. So how who's guarding Kawhi? Who's guarding Paul George? Like Paul George is playing very well at this point. Um, who's guarding those two guys? Who? <laughs> okay, okay, fine, fine. So uh, I'll say the line will probably be minus five and a half, minus five and a half. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How's oh my guy, upstate native Kevin Herter gets his, uh, his points out here. Let's go, free man, Shenandoah. Let's I hate go. your team, but hey, <laughs> you're one of us, so I hope he plays all right. But <laughs> besides that, it's gonna be the clips, man. <laughs> Shen, couple re- little oh. capital region shout out. Yeah, it's a shout out, young herder in the building. Where is he from? Schenectady. He's uh, uh Clifton Park. So, Clifton. Oh, Clifton Park. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, he played in Shen. He was a time. Okay. So okay, gotta give him his props, but I'm gonna take him the Clippers. Coming from the nice ritzy area, Clifton Park. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Clifton Park. Yeah. All right. <laughs> all right. All right. I like it. Let me. Uh, so before we get into the to the second game, let me ask you. Let me give you guys a nice little trivia. I want you guys to name that player. Thirty-seven minutes per game, shooting five threes at thirty percent, nineteen field goals per game at thirty-eight percent. And 65% free throw. Bryce, he's <laughs> laughing. I know he knows. I know he knows. I know he knows. Those abysmal stats. It's that boy, Russell Westbrook. <laughs> <laughs> you know you know the vibes. It's Russ. It's Russ. Yo, dude. Man, do you guys remember when everyone was trying to sell the farm for Russell Westbrook like Russ, three and a half weeks ago? me. Man. Yo, remember what everyone said Russell Westbrook would help this team win? Nah, bro. He's not even helping the Wizards win. They got Bradley Beal. Sheesh. He just can't hit us. He can't, he can't even hit an ocean. He can't even My hit man. an ocean with a stone or a rock. It's like, damn, Russ, what is wrong with you right now? That is the bricks. He's the player where the analytics is just like, all right, Russ, we want you to take a three. It's like, do you though? Yes. Yeah, he does. Do he you does, though? <laughs> he does question. He does definitely make the anal- like the analyst question. Oh, are we sure about this whole three pointer thing? Like maybe maybe the mid range game uh, would work out better here. Yo, Russ's mid range game is like I'm. Pl- I remember like when he was on OKC, he'd bolt down the court, get to the foul line, go straight up, and that thing yes. was a bucket. Yes, easy, yes. easy. I can money. see. It. I can actually see that happening right now. Like I mid-game, see that play. Yeah, mid game range is money. But then he just wants to take the threes, and it's like, fam, know your role, like know you, know yourself, <laughs> know yourself. You're a slasher. You get your athletic. Like, fam, stop chucking these bricks from deep. Just take them. Yeah, pass them that's so bad. Yeah, I honestly, I throw him up. I, 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 to be honest with you, I, I give Westbrook a lot of slack, but I throw him up there with like the top ten. Uh, mid-range games with like DeRozan and KD and like those boys. One hundred percent. Westbrook's Yo, up there. That that's where he that's where he shines in my in my. Of course, his aggressiveness, but his his mid-range is where dude, he shines in my. <laughs> his mid-range game was always on point. That was never a question. You you know if he's within fifteen feet of the hoop, it's going in. 
he was never a three point shooter. Like he's hot and cold from three. That's that's just the major issue. So yeah, he would be he would be an absolute monster in the nineties, dude. Oh my god. He's the guy you won in the 90s. Yeah, he'd be the champion. He'd be the literal Yo, can you champion of the 90s. Well, in the that, 90s that's what I would say. Yes, the New York Knicks, if he was like in the 90s for the New York Knicks, oh my God. Can you imagine him and Oakley on the team together? No one's yeah. coming out of the gym no, alive. He's, oh just Charlie, God, he's just Charlie Ward on He's just Charlie Ward like on steroids, like made in the lab. That's what, that's what, that's what Russell Westbrook would be. You can put Russ with Charles Oakley, Patrick Ewing, John Starks. Are you kidding me? Man, nah. Uh, Still no shooters. Somebody Still no shooters. But... <laughs> Somebody yeah, but... get this 2K matchup and let me know how that works. Because that's nuts. I don't know, right? See, no one would be able to shoot a shot uh, on that, that team. That, <laughs> yeah, <that's> <laughs> stat line would be... Stat line, <laughs> stat line would be... Uh, <laughs> game would be like, we got 80 points, five bloody noses, eight busted knuckles... <laughs> On 23% shooting. It's like 7 to 33 from the three-point line. Yeah. 7 to 33. He yeah. takes 25 himself and gets like 2. Oh 48% from free throw. Um, anyway, um, the reason we got into that is uh, besides like as much as I enjoy Westbrook slander, not because we hate Westbrook or anything like that, just because of how insane it was uh, that everyone was – Saying the Knicks should sell the farm for this guy, not even just trade for him, sell the farm for him. This is bananas. And then they call Knicks fans crazy for not wanting superstar. And round and round and round we go. Anyway, um, we do have the Wizards at the Rockets uh, for the second for the second game of the Tuesday matchups. I mean, this should be an absolute slaughterhouse by the Rockets. Rockets. Uh, oh yeah. So I mean, it, it should be two fun games. Um, you know, both of them. I I, I kind of see like uh, the over in the first game and the under here, so kind of opposite games. But like, I do see a route in both of them. I'm I'm excited for John Wall, and like the DeMar- and like the Demarcus Cousins, Kentucky, like the, their own version of the Kentucky, you know, NBA team they got going on in, in Houston. I feel like a connection. Yeah. To- I feel like a weird connection towards them being a Kentucky Nick uh, myself. You know. <laughs> right oh my god it's good to see them both at this and on the same squad like to see them again on the same squad i know they're like the best of friends too so it's really it's really dope to see them i i think it's gonna be it's gonna be a body bag on this one i think the rockets are getting it by at least like 15 honestly yeah you know russ I, I, russ russ will be back off the quad injury if that makes any difference and yeah. that's probably why he was struggling a bit like uh you know i know we're piling on because uh, we can right now, uh, yeah. but uh, yeah, he he was dealing with a quad injury. To be a tiny bit fair, yeah, yeah. to be fair, but um, I guess. <laughs> but the Rockets got sh- shooters. Yeah, <laughs> the Wizards got Bradley Beal. I mean, I love Bradley Beal, dude. I literally love. Bradley he's great. Beal. <laughs> he's great. He, he's like he's he's the second coming of Clay Thompson. Are they gonna free that man? Honestly, let's just dude. keep. Are they gonna free Matt? Are they gonna free him? They free need to that man. Free they Bradley. really do need. They really need to free Bradley Bill because he's just wasting away in Washington. Like, I just really let that hit the reset, man. You already you already started it. Like my God, and the whole I can't. Can you? <laughs> I can't believe they actually swapped Westbrook and Wall for each other. Like what the hell just happened? Nuts! Like, it's crazy, bro. Like when I heard about this trade, I was like, "You have to be kidding me! You did a swap 
You know what's crazy, <laughs> dude? It's crazy that the Rockets lost Harden and gained John Wall and a thousand draft picks, and they are they are on such a high trajectory. After like last year, like not even last year, like three and a half weeks ago, I'm staring at this Rockets team like, what a terrible f- position this franchise is put in right now. One or two consecutive bad moves right now, and they can be in hell for the next five to ten years, straight up. But somehow they like made gold out of out of their garbage, right? Their superstars not even showing up. Like he's wearing fat, he's wearing fat suits in warm ups. Like I don't know what what's happening. <laughs> like you know what I mean? And and they they came out so like on top. I don't know how the hell how the hell they have John Wall like look smiling all over the place, like running up and down. Like, you know why? You know why? He's- <laughs> Why? Read between the lines here. We're in Houston. Oh, you know the turkey leg. And, you know the and, turkey leg club, Shaq. <laughs> turkey leg, Shaq is treating him right. You know James Harden was feeling the same way until he extended his the overstay. So James Harden was probably going to clubs right before each and lines. every game. That man was throwing ones every off day. Oh you, my god! You know it. He was there three three p.m. Be like <laughs> right there. VIP lounge. Got the exact John time. Got it. John Wall's oh, got it this time. So you, I'm telling you. I'm just Yo, saying. John Wall showing up in the club, throwing up some gang signs, saying blood, just like going up, like, yo, what up? Got some singles. He's wearing let's, the let's get, a, let's get a cracking, ladies. Let's get a cracking. Um, <laughs> he's ready. He's having a good time over yo, there. Yo. Hey, more power to him. <laughs> hey, he's gonna be there for a while too. He's got another four years, so he's gonna make the best out of it. And you got Boogie with him too. Shit. <laughs> it's interesting. I'm, yeah, I'm interested to see how they go. I mean, I'm really interested to see how far they'll go this uh, starting the season because maybe they have something there. You know, for sure, mm-hmm. for sure. And uh, I'm I'm in agreement with all you guys. I think this is an easy dub for uh, for the Rockets. Um, Boogie had a good game the other night. Pretty sure it was like 26 on like. 13 or something along those lines is like a stat line. So he's, he's looking back to his old form and I'm, I'm happy to see Boogie playing like his old self. So who's going to stop Boogie on the Wizards? Who's going to stop John Wall? Who's going to stop Victor Oladipo? Who's going to stop, uh, Christian Wood? Like we're talking about a squad, man. Like they got a squad. That's start. That's a good starting line. And they got Eric Gordon and we got Eric Gordon and you got PJ Tucker coming off the bench. Like this is, this is not. How did they do that? How? How they just rebuilt it? How they just rebuilt in a minute? They just rebuilt in a minute and they're like, yo, if you all want to stay, we got a good squad. If you don't, we got a draft pick. This one trade, they rebuilt the whole team. Just give him away, James. Say, hey, here, damn. Here, take him down. And then they just like four picks and four swaps. Like, this is this is nuts, bro. This trade on paper looks crazy. And John Wall, bro. Two trades. Within two trades. Within two trades. They could compete for this season. They could compete for this season and they're set for the future. Somehow they just, somehow they just went back. They just reset the clock like within a month, a month and a half. And it's, it's, it's insane. Honestly, insane. Yo, that is talk about. (laughs) <laughs> that GM year talks is early, but hey, yo, that is finessing. If I've seen, yo, it. they finessed the shit out of everybody. Yo, that the league just didn't know what they were doing. They got caught with their pants down. They, if you think the winners are Brooklyn, speaking of which, 
Got to bring this up before we close out. Did you see that the Brooklyn Nets are inquiring about JaVale McGee? Yo, they this had is, him right there. Like, why didn't they just ask him a part of the package? Like, this is great. This is fucking great. What does JaVale McGee play for, Alex? Uh, I believe it is the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> and why is that significant? Uh, I believe Jarrett Allen is over there, and they were involved in the trade. They got Harden over to Brooklyn, that three-team deal, right? I I, le- I legit think that they, for like some somebody like kept whispering in Sean Marks' ear that DeAndre Jordan could still play basketball even up until last minute, and Jarrett Allen was actually gone, and like the deodorant was completely gone from the center position, um, and they were just like, oh, we we. He said that this is not going to work out. Like this is not. Like this is not. They really are who we thought they were um, in that aspect. But it feels so good that the incompetent front office is not the New York Knicks and not the New York Jets. Like that I want to make sure that everyone is aware of one thing. I want to make sure everyone's aware of one thing. We all three of us have Clippers and the Rockets, which means one thing. Take the Hawks and Wizards parlay. That's a lock. <laughs> lock it down. Lock it down, like my man this John says. In Houston, lock it down. <laughs> John Wall knows all about it. So is Boogie right now. Um, oh what to do, baby? John Wall. <laughs> Absolute lock. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, this has been a good exciting portion. We got some... Brooklyn net slander in there, and so we got some good picks and got some good knowledge from John to parlay, and we got the Rockets. Man, that was a great like a disc ball. Always a good day when you can slander the Nets. That. I absolutely co-sign that. The Brooklyn slander, great. Not the Brooklyn as in the borough, as in the Nets slander specifically. It's just, it warms my heart. It really does. It's great. You know what's going to be even greater? <laughs> after two, after this season and next season, when they all opt out of their contracts and they all dip. And, the, and then you got, and then the Nets are really caught with their pants down. <laughs> Ain't going to be Spencer Dinwiddie <laughs> taking them to the, to, to the promised land, man. Oh, my God. It. You really hate to see it because that's really what's looking like. Oh, it's going to be great. I can't yeah. wait because this team, they can't <laughs> guard anybody. You're going to tell me this team's going to see the Lakers in the finals and the and LeBron yeah. and, and AD are going to be like, I. All right, bye. <laughs> Literally, it's going to be a cakewalk. Just like, oh, for me? All right. <laughs> Bet. I'm just going to run right through. Uh, Lakers in three. What? This is the, by Easy the way, I'm, I am not a big LeBron fan and I'm not a big Laker fan either. Like, I, those are, I don't hate LeBron. I hate the Lakers. I'm just not a big LeBron fan. But this, if there's a year for me to root for LeBron, this is that year. This is the one. Yeah. This is the year. Like, this is the year. And yeah. I am fully all in. My man, please go destroy the Nets. Obliterate the crap. You got some Nets slander. <laughs> yeah. Listen, we please. don't have to get crazy. We don't have to start rooting for the Lakers in order to it's take early. down the Nets. We don't have to take down the Lakers, bro. We don't have, you don't have to take down one evil by, by, by chasing another. Let's just root for like an Eastern Conference team to take down the Nets. Yeah. I'm just looking at the inevitable at this point. It's the, look, Thanos said it. Dude, they it's can't play the defense inevitable. and they can't play together. They can't play together and they can't play defense. Like, get out of here. This inevitable. I, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, no. I'm on the train. 
I don't see it happening. Amari Stoudemire is going to coach this team to the NBA Finals. Get the hell out of here, bro. Get out of my face. All right. How about this one? How about this one? And then, and then we can wrap it up after this one. <laughs> you got Dean, Tony, Amari Stoudemire, and Steve Nash on that side. Yo, this is ridiculous. You got a point, man. That coaching staff is crazy, bro. <laughs> Hell is going crazy. Yo, if this was the New York Knicks, the slander everyone would be getting right now. Oh my god. It's like, yo, they just traded everybody I for James hear Harden. Stephen voice really saying, We got Steve Nash! Amari! We have Amari! Stat! Why we have stat? <laughs> this is egregious! This is preposterous! We cannot be doing this type of stuff! This is just this is, this is, this is ridiculous! This is just this is just ridiculous! <laughs> And you have Max Kellerman be like, with the with the illiterate punctuation, I just can't believe that everyone is just so in on the New York Knicks. It is just insane. It is pulverizing, preposterous. Uh, Max, no, Max, 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 don't don't get me don't get me started. Don't get me started. This team's incompetent. We're not winning ball games. No one needs to get out. <laughs> Yo, legit, legit. My like my, my second job would entirely be deflecting Nick stories. If you literally just took the way the word Brooklyn Nets out and put in New York Knicks and like everything else the same that that's going on in that organization, literally my entire day would be spent like deflecting this, like fighting this route, like this, and, like you know, like fighting up the stats and oh my god, the Kyrie story. And you know now we got James Harden, a disgruntled star, the coaching staff, everything, training our rookies, training Jared Allen. Oh my God! All these things, yo. Everything that's happening to the Nets would be blown out of proportion if this was the New York Knicks. So out of proportion. Not it is the end of it. It is, it, dude. K- KD was all- right. KD was right though. KD was right about one thing, and I give him credit for it. He was like, yo. I want to go to Brooklyn because I just want to play basketball and I don't want to deal with any of this stuff. And he was right. He's right. Yo, like, he was he, right. He, he, it's completely under the radar, dude. And and if it was just across, you know, the and, and it was in Manhattan, like his life would be absolutely miserable, dude. It honestly would. <laughs> like it really, that's a really, fact. really would. Yeah, that's a fact. That's absolutely right. Yeah, that's fact. And uh, oh my god. All right, with I that, just... man, with that. <laughs> with that, with that, because we could just keep going on and on about this. Um, with that, thank you everyone for tuning in for another Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast for another Knicks episode. But before we fully let out, Ricey, please let the people know where they can find you, where they can find your music, your podcast, everything you got going on. You're a Ricey very busy and friends, man. baby. Ricey and friends. Yeah, you already know. Ricey K and you know friends, bro. If you don't know the vibes. Yes, my name is Ricey K. You can find me on the internet. I have a podcast myself called Ricey K and Friends, social commentary by me and my boys. Um, you can find that on all DSPs, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You already know where it is. Just look up Ricey K, R-A-I-S-I space K and Friends. It'll come up. Um, I also am a music producer. You can find my music on all the streaming platforms, Apple, Tidal, Spotify, Amazon, you name it. It's all, it's all there. I have a YouTube channel as well. A lot of stuff. And I hate to say, but I always do. If you Google Ricey, R-A-I-S-I space K, and look up music, you'll find everything right there. And um, yeah, just check it out. It's always a pleasure to be on the pod. You know, when the streets call, you got to answer. 
as I say. That's right. We brought the OG in here. Exactly. We brought we brought the God in here. But the <laughs> yeah. God. We're gonna be okay. we're gonna we're gonna have uh, Rightsy on. Uh, we're gonna have him on at least once a month because I mean he's just as a diehard Knicks fan. But we we've uh, we're slowly converting him, Alex, to the to the Jets bandwagon. We're at fifteen percent uh, at the moment, I believe. Uh, once uh, once the quarterback comes to town, we, we're at fifteen. I, I believe it's gonna jump. Point. You better buy that stock. You better buy a put on that because I think his he's gonna about to be like a thirty five percent fan. Once we start winning games, it's gonna it's, it's gonna be off the charts. It's gonna be over fifty percent. <laughs> if we get to if we get bad, you left the seat in the bandwagon, which I really appreciate because no new friends typically. But uh, I appreciate oh. you even especially with the Knicks, Alex. Tell them, tell them, tell them the Knicks bandwagon is officially closed. It is closed. All right. If you weren't with us when we were at the worst, which is. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You know what the best part is? After we beat uh, the Warriors and I sent out a tweet saying uh, <laughs> Timberwolves fans look at <laughs> and Tim's doing work with the Knicks, I had a Wolves fan come at me, bro. I had a couple Wolves fans come at me like, the Timberwolves have been worse. And I was like, yeah, you guys were last in the playoffs in 2018. Let's 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 stop that right there. All right, you, you guys were good. You guys were you guys were there recently. Shut the hell up. Um, get out of my face. All right, and with that. And on that note, um, thank you everyone for tuning in for another next episode for the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. You can find us on all streaming platforms. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you got to go find your, your podcast for your daily commute from your bedroom to your to your dining room, whatever you're doing. If you're working from home, who the hell knows? Uh, we're all over the place. Also, make sure to follow us on all social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Engage with us, man. We'll talk back. We'll get it. We'll, we'll be involved. We're always, we're on the tweet tweet, as Bart Scott likes to say for the Bart and Han show. We're there. We're here. We're ready to talk. If you want to come at us, come at us. We're here. We ain't going nowhere. We brave. <laughs> <laughs> hey, y'all better relax on the Twitter nights with me, though. But, uh, but then, yeah, talk to Talk to <laughs> Bring it. All right, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. We'll catch you later this week for another Jets episode, all right, where we're just going to keep pumping you more Deshaun Watson rumors. And guess what? I know if Deshaun Watson comes on this team, Rice is going to be wearing that freaking green and white and be like, yo, do you remember the New York Sack Exchange, bro? Do you remember Mark Gastineau? (laughs) What? (laughs) Waiting on it. I'm just waiting on it. Yo. Feed me that chant in MetLife. Oh, my God. Feed me that chant. Oh, my God. All right. Catch you later, everyone. Let's go next. (laughs) 